This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I think anyone would be here between all the food outside and Erev Shabbos. But I do appreciate whoever's here. Mitzvah Hashem, it's going to be a Noyudikah Shabbos. It makes a lot of sense that this is Pashat Kedoshim. And that um, everyone is here for the same reason, for Chizuk. So, Bezrat Hashem, I hope that we'll have a lot of Seat Dishmai and we'll be able to, all of us together, have a lot of Chizuk. This week's Parsha is Parsha Kedoshim. The subject that I was given to speak about is what is a Yid? So, I'm going to speak to Hashem tonight. It's, it's very interesting. They told me that whilst, you know, one of, the, one of the spots that we're giving you is one o'clock. So I said, it's not really fear. After lunch, you know, you got to sleep a little bit. You know, you, gotta, you can give me like six o'clock, or, you know, right before Mincha. And he says, no, no, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. Not one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, by the literature, there's no such thing as one We don't even know that there is such a thing on the clock as one o'clock in the morning. So, Mishim, tonight I'm going to speak about um, why it says in the Pasuk that Kedoshim Tiyu Ki Hashem You should be holy because I am holy, because Hashem is holy. What's the Kalvach, what's the, what's the Kalvach, and what's the comparison? Hashem's holy. That's, what does it have to do with me? Hashem created the world. Hashem is God. So because Hashem is, I'm not even, I'm, I'm Rima Vesaleya. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm off of the Efer. I should be holy because I could just borrow who is holy. I'm not even on the, I'm not even, I'm not even in the same world as, I don't know. what, what is, what is the Pusik saying? And what I'm going to talk about tonight is that one of the biggest lessons in parenting and being a parent is, Children do what they see, not what they're told. Is setting an example. You don't want your child to have a smartphone, then you cannot have a smartphone. Even if you're in business and you have to have it, Lemaisa, we tell our children, listen, when you're my age, you'll try and understand what you, you know, when you're my age. The children don't understand that because Tati and Mommy are very smart. They're very intelligent. They're smarter than me. So if something is bad, Something's bad, and they're smarter than me, and they have it. I'm not so smart. I should surely have it. So, no, a shot. I heard on this. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "You have to be holy, Kedoshim to you, because I am holy. If I'm not holy, you don't have to be holy. I am the example. But if I just told you to be holy, you're not going to be holy." I have to set the example, says the Lord. It's a, it's a, it's a mind-opening shot that in this pasuk, what Hashem is saying, I can tell you to be holy because I'm holy. But if I wasn't holy, I cannot tell you. If I have an eye, I, I have a, a daughter. So she was, in, she's in high school and basic um, school, whatever. And everyone, pretty much by twelfth grade, had a smartphone. And I don't let her have a, I don't let her have a smartphone. And it's very bad because all her friends have have a smartphone, they all talk to each other, right? And uh, she's left out. People ask therapists and they ask rabbis, I don't know, maybe, you know, socially she's left out, she's going to be depressed, it's dangerous. You know, maybe you have to get them one. So I explained to everybody that every time she came to me, my daughter Hindi, I'd say, Hindi, I have Baruch Hashem, or Nava, I have a business, I have a high school, I have two seminaries, so as busy as you are in 12th grade, they are busy girls in 12th grade, they're very busy. I said, but I have this phone. And as long as I have this phone, 
This is my, okay, if anyone doesn't know, this is not a smartphone at all. This is a very learning disabled phone. <laughs> they call this in my class a Nebuch phone. I have the Nebuch phone, right? So the smart people have the Nebuch phone and the Nebuch people have the smartphone. As I use this. So she couldn't say anything. I'm like, Shefula, until I get one, you don't get one. I told her after she gets, she's 18, whatever it is, she's out of school, it's a different story. Chas Shama ever catch you texting a boy, you'll marry him. There's nothing to talk about. You're 18 years old. So just know if you text him, you're marrying him. You have to set an example. And, and, and we don't realize, and I'm going to pull it apart a little bit tonight. We talk to our kids. You shouldn't yeah, you hear them talking a little bit. You know, there's a little drama always. There's a little, little stuff going on. This one's talking about this one. This one's talking about that one. And she's like this and she's like that. And you're like, you're the mother or you're the father. And you're like, that's Lashen Hara and that's Rechilus. And it's not, it's Nista Shana Zach to talk about someone like this and talk to someone like that. And the kid in their head is thinking, Ma, you're always talking to your sisters about Bobby, about Tati's mommy all the time. Like, like she's not going to tell you that. But she's thinking that, and you're like, you have to be honest. You have to be able to trust you. And then you come, you're, you're in Eretz Yisrael, and, and, you, and, you, and you come to the security, and the lady says, so did you buy anything? Um, did you, do you have anything that you, know, that you brought here in Israel? You know, you bought Svarim, and you went to all the tourist stores, and you bought in Yushalayim, and you, right? And your kid's sitting there, and, the, and mommy and are like, nope. We didn't buy anything, because you don't want to go through security. You don't want to open it up. And us men, right? What do they ask us? What do they ask us when you come to the airplane? You're going to Eretz Yisrael. Did you pack your bags? Sure. Of course, we all pack our bags. Is everything in that bag yours? Did you and you packed it? And I'm always worried that the guy would say, "Really?" Before I open the bag, what did you put in that bag? And I have no idea what my wife put in the bag. She sent meat and she sent fish and she sent tuna cans and to my daughter, to this one, to that one. Chastur Shalom, should ever ask us. You packed it yourself. Yes, you sure? Yes. What's in it? We have no idea. So what happens? The kids, I'm just giving you an example. The kids, they watch this. They don't have the chutzpah to say anything. And they're like, my father just said something that was totally not true. So if we don't set by example, a lot of our children are challenged. Because at the end of the day, they say to me, my parents are hypocrites. They preach one thing. When it comes to their own life, when it comes to them talking about things in shul and other things, they, 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 they talk Lush and Hara, and then when, it comes, when I say something, they jump all over me. So, that's what this Pasuk is telling us. Even me, even though I'm a Kodesh Baruch and even though I run this world, I can ask you to be Kodesh. We'll talk about what that means, because I'm Kodesh. If I'm not Kodesh, I can't ask you to be Kodesh. We'll talk more about that tonight. But what does that have to do with what we're speaking about today? The dust is a yid. What's a yid? What's a Jew? So it's interesting. Rashi, you, you, you'd think that Kedusha, Kadosh, is adding something. Not taking away something, but adding something. But if you look at Rashi in this week's parasha, he talks about a person who should be very careful, he should be very careful to, to guard himself not to do things. Not doing things, which we'll also talk about later. Not doing things make you holy. Not just doing things. Not just putting on tefillin. Not just fasting. But shmir senayim and other things that you don't do, you, you stay away from, is what really gives you kedusha. And that's, that's Rashi. There's, there's a diff, different misfortune that speak about this. But Rashi's look on it is kedushim is stopping, from, stopping things, stopping from doing things. But what's a Jew? So I, I talked about this last year. 
and I've been talking about this for a very long time. I ask this in many schools, Chassidish, Litvish, modern, not modern, kids, adults, everybody. I'm like, this is the question. What is Yiddishkeit? You're here in Connecticut, and you go to the CVS because you forgot to buy something. And the lady sees, the Chassidish guy or or woman or whatever, sees that you're Jewish, and she says, wow, you're Jewish. What is that? What are you? How are you any different than anyone else? You're standing there, and you're like, she's asking you a fair question, right? And you, what do you answer her? So I've gotten many different answers. One answer is, it's a religion. Jew- Judaism, Yiddishkeit, is a religion. It's a terrible answer. Because Yiddishkeit is not a religion. Religion, Christianity, Buddhism... Islam. So, in their religions, they preach. They also have a Hashem, a God, but there's always someone in between. That's their, that's their mistake. That's their problem. And they preach to millions and millions and millions. And I've, I've dealt with a lot of atheists and a lot of kids. And they'll, they'll say to me, they 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 they, they heard Rabbi Mechanic speak, and they heard other people speak, and they was they they said. Well, Yiddishkeit is very different. Yiddishkeit is very different. All the other religions, one man woke up and said that God came to him. Right? Yashka and Muhammad and it's all one person. Yiddishkeit, 600,000 men, two and a half or three million Jews, all together stood by Hasinai, and Hashem spoke to all of them. There's a, there's a very famous story just on this subject. There was an Indian chief, and he had three sons. You'll all understand a little bit what this could compare to. There was an Indian chief, he had three sons. He had a very big reservation, he owned a lot of property, he was very, very wealthy. And he died. And there's a big machlekes in the tribe who the next chief is going to be. So the one brother gets up in the morning and he says, my father came to me in a dream and he said that I should be the Indian chief. The second brother says, one second, I had the same dream. My father came to me in the dream and he said that I'm the Indian chief. The third brother was very smart and he turned around and said, if both of you were telling the truth, then how come my father didn't come to me and tell me in a dream that the two of you are the Indian chiefs? So, if he taka was, God spoke to them, then how come God didn't tell everyone else that Yashka was whatever he was, or that Muhammad was whatever he was? So the proof that Eishat Torah talks about, we talk about a lot, with kids and atheism is that all these religions, if it was true, then God would have told everyone else, he's my son, he's my Muhammad, he's my this, he's my that. He didn't tell anyone anything. So they came and made up a story. But by the Yidin, there was 600,000 of us, plus the women, plus the children, 3 million Jews, that stood by Hasinai. There wasn't some guy that woke up. Every Jew heard at Hasinai, Rani Hashem. Everyone here in this room accepts this, no problem. The problem is that the kids with questions, and we'll get into why people have questions today. Today's day and age, everything is video. Video this, video that. You go to a wedding, it's video. Hey, look, one camera, two cameras, three cameras, four cameras. Everything is videos. 
So the kids are like, Rabbi Wallerstein, beautiful story. How do you know that 600,000 Jews stood at Hashimah? Do you have a video? Is it on YouTube? Is there a YouTube where they're all on camera? And in today's day and age, if you don't have a picture of it, the kids don't believe it. So this taina of religion doesn't work. Okay, so some people, and so some people in this room would be thinking, what is Yiddishkeit? Yiddishkeit is a bunch of rules. Rules. You can do this, you can't do this, you should do this, you can't do this. That's terrible. Who, who wants rules? And it says something very bad about everyone here. If I have a Talmud, I have a student in my class, and one student has seven rules to make sure that he behaves, and the other student has 613 rules to make sure that he behaves. The kid with the 613 rules must be so out of whack, must be such a bildachaya, that I have to give him 613 rules. The other kids need only seven. He needs 613 rules to make him a mensch. He's so ice mensch. Chas v'shalom. Yiddishkeit is not rules. Yiddishkeit is not religion. Let me tell you what it is, because that's today's subject. Very important. I spoke to Rebchayim Kainevsky about this a few times. It's very important, especially before we go into the Shabbos, that we should know why we're going into the Shabbos, and especially in Pasha's Kedoshim. What is Yiddishkeit? So, the most precious thing that a person has in his life, the one thing that no one can live without, is time. You can live for a few seconds without breathing. You can hold your breath under the water, right? You can live without water. You can live without air. You can live without the sun. You can live without anything in this world for a second. The only thing that we can't live without is time. Once your time is up, you're not here anymore. So the most precious thing, and this is all I'm going to talk about a whole shower's the most precious thing that everyone here has and every human being has is time. And that's why in English we call it the present. Because it's the biggest matana that a person can have. You have no more time, you can't do anything, you're not, you're, you're not here anymore. That's the greatest present that Kurdish Bokhu gave us. That's life. Translate life, life, translated means time on this world. Life. Translate time. What's time? Potential. In the next world, there's no time. There's no sun, there's no moon, there's no going around the sun. We know. Everything is in one same second. There's no time. We have time because we go around the sun. The next world, there's nothing going around the sun. So there's no time. In Hashem's world, the next world, there's no time. It's all one moment. So when there's no time, there's no potential. So if someone passes away, we have to learn Mishnayis, we have to do mitzvahs, Le'ilei Nishmas, Le'ilei Nishmas, Le'ilei Nishmas. He's a tzaddik. I'm not such a big tzaddik. The person who passed away is a huge tzaddik. He's sitting in the next world, and I can do something for him? Yes. He has no more potential. He's not alive anymore. You, whatever you are, you have potential to be tomorrow the biggest tzaddik, potential to make a bracha, potential to, to do anything. So life is time. Time is potential. Tragedy is potential unrealized. So when someone has potential and they don't use it, 
it's the greatest tragedy in the world. Tragedy of all tragedies is when a human being's potential is over. Why do we sit shiva, chas someone passes away? Everyone goes to the shiva, what do they say? The neshama is by the kisya kavoid. He's in a better place. She's in a better place. So why is everyone sitting on the floor? If he's in a better place, we should make a big party. If your parents are stuck in New York in a snowstorm, and you got him onto JetBlue and got him to Miami, you're going to sit on the floor and rip your clothing? They're in Miami. It's 85 degrees. We're stuck in the snow. I know when I go to be Menachemol, that's what I say. We're stuck in this, I don't want to say the word I use, in this world. This thing about the cover. So really, you should get up and start dancing. But no. A year, rice kriya, cry, yard site, cry every year. And the answer is, why is there a yard site? Why every single year on the day they passed away, we fast, many of us fast? Why do we say Kaddish on the yard site? Because every single year that day is the anniversary of the day that a person stopped their potential. And that is tragedy. That is the greatest tragedy. And if you think that sitting by the Kisha Kavli in the next world is greater than potential in this world. Everyone here knows the Mefarish Mishnah and Perkei voice. Yafasha Echos, one second in this world of Torah and Shura is greater than the whole next world. So what the Mishnah is telling everyone in this room is that the potential of one second, one second in this world is worth more than all the work you're doing to get to Elam Hamburg, Ganeiden. We work hard. Ganeiden with this, with that. The mission says one second of potential in this world is worth more than all of that. So if Chas Shalom, the potential is over, is the greatest tragedy. More than the next world being destroyed. It's the greatest tragedy. So yeah, Asayid, when a person's Potential, what's a person's potential in this world? How many potato chips? How many slices of pizza? Not by Eid. How much money he has in the bank? No. What he looks like? What, what, how expensive his watch is or his car is? No. What's the potential in this world? Is, is, is the relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Is the ability to say, Baruch HaTah Hashem. You're going to go outside after my share. Maybe you won't. And you're going to go and you're going to eat something. Potato, kogu, kishka, whatever you're going to eat. A fruit. Who are you to make a bracha to say, I bless you, Hashem? Who are you? You're a human being. <sighs> Who are you? Imagine if a cat could talk and walk by and say, Bless you, Rabbi Wallerstein. I'm like, You're a cat. Shoot. Don't bless me nothing. Or how about a little mouse will come out into your house? Bless you, bless you for the cheese you left on the table. What? You're going to walk out of here and you have the chutzpah? The chutzpah? Who are you to make a bracha? On, a, on an apple? Like, Hashem needs you to bless him? You need him to bless you? Do you understand what we're all part of? Do you ever think about this? You have the, Hashem allows you, allows you to bless him? Who am I to bless? He needs my blessing? Why does he even allow me to bless him? You come out of the bathroom and you're like, thank you Hashem, I came out of the bathroom. Excuse me. 
so what is this? What is this Yiddishkeit? And the answer is as follows. When someone loves someone else, what does it mean? I know the love world, the love word is a dangerous word, especially in Hasidic circles. I used it once in a shir, and someone came over to me and says, yes, yes. You shouldn't use that word. It's not a good word. I'm like, okay, I'm not saying anymore. I'm not saying Instead of saying I'm going to be like You shouldn't say the word. It's all over the it's all over the Torah. Yitzchak, Rivka, Take that out. Right? We, we, that's not. It's not a bad word if you understand what the word means. It's it's used all over. Look at Shir Hashirim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu commands us. I told this to this to this Rav. I said, Hakadosh Baruch Hu commands us in Kriyashma. Not only does he say you should love me, but it's even more romantic. You should love me, Oh my gosh, they had such a card. Hashem says, I want you to love me with your whole heart. If they found out about that. What's it called? That card company? There'd be a hundred cards going out of there. Your whole heart, all your money, your whole soul. What a relationship. So I'm going to use the word, and I hope the care of telling it doesn't throw me out. What does that mean to love somebody? What does that mean? It's a, very, it's a word that's used very easily. What does that mean? So I do a lot of shalom bias. I try. I have a lot of Talmidim I'm teaching 37 years. Some of my, I, I started teaching when I was 20. Some of my Talmidim are in their high 40s. I do a lot of Shalom bias. Usually, they come to my house, whether they're married a year or five years or 10 years, or I have to turn off my silly phone. Hold on. My learning disabled phone. That's why it rings in the middle. It's ADD. It rings in the middle of my speech. It has no control. We'll get a therapist. Anyway, so... The woman gets to speak first. I always let the lady speak first. I, I have a wife, Baruch Hashem, and five daughters. I have no sons. I'm living with six women my whole life. I learned, I, yeah, whatever. It's not so bad by Hasidim, but I don't speak by the Sfardim, because if I told them I only have girls, they would throw me out. They wouldn't even let me into the, into the building. So, the lady speaks first, and they all say the same thing. When it doesn't matter how long they're married, 10 years, 12 years, I don't want to get the guys into trouble. But every woman tells me the same thing. It's like, Robert Wallace, you know why I'm here? I'm like, I have a feeling I know why you're here. My husband, we're married 12 years. 12 years. I do everything for him. He doesn't love me. But my Shabbat Ruchus, I got married very young, but my Shabbat Ruchus, one of my silly friends got up and used that word love. And the Rosh Hashiva was sitting there. The Rosh Hashiva got up after him. He spoke after him. And he said, Love, shmov. There's no such thing. So when this woman says, I, I did everything I could. My husband doesn't love me. Every husband says the same answer. First they're like, this is a problem. You see? She doesn't get me. And they're like, Mary Wallace, please explain to her. I pay the mortgage, pay the tuition, not the chesidish circles. I leased her a car. What is her problem? What, is, what does she want? I even she has her own credit card. Like, what does this woman want? And every woman says the same thing. Um, 
I didn't marry you for your credit card and your mortgage. My father used to pay the mortgage. I married you because I want to spend time with you. And every guy turns white. That's like the worst thing you could ask for. Time? I mean, I come home. You know, I come home. I'm, I, I come home. She goes, no, just private time. Just the two of us. Just to talk to each other. And, I, and I'm sitting there and this just happens over and over and over. And I'm like, I tell the guy, listen, we can fix this. Baruch Hashem. Sometimes you have to go to therapy to be able to communicate. She's communicating. She, she's saying what's on her mind. She wants your time. I said, this is what we'll do. We'll do three days. You'll go on vacation, the two of you. Three days you'll take off from your business. You'll leave your phones at home. You'll go to the place in Mexico where the phones don't work on the top of a mountain. And they advertise, you're either going to come back after three days with your wife and get divorced, or you're going to come back better married because you're going to realize you don't have phones. They have nothing works there. It's like, yeah, just bring a book or a safer. You're going to realize that uh, maybe this is not, you know, we never talk, but now that we're talking, I don't know if it's the right one. So it's a very, I don't send too many people there. It's a very dangerous place. Very dangerous. So this is what you want. So I, I'm like, three days, just go away somewhere and leave your phone and leave your business and, and, and I'll make the arrangements for your kids. The mother-in-law, the aunt or something, we'll take your kids. That's all she wants and we can fix this. You know what all the guys say to me? Pretty much. Rabbi Wallstein, when you say three days, is it like three days with Sufin? Do they have to be like in a row? Could I do like one day, three months later, another day, maybe three months? I'm like, he, he doesn't get it. Love means you give the person the most precious thing that you have. And the most precious thing that you have is time. That's it. There's nothing to talk about. I could talk about this for hours. Your kids, your children, you think you love, you think they think you love them because you buy them things, because you take them on, on, on vacations, whatever you do. Kids know my mommy loves me if she spends time with me. My tati loves me if she spends time. I'm a Rebbe, I was a Rebbe 30 years, eighth grade. I was also assistant principal in yeshiva. And I used to go down to kindergarten pre-1A because those kids are the best because they don't have filters. Whatever you, you want to know what's going on in someone's house, you ask the little kid, he tells you everything. If you want to know what you really are, have someone ask your three-year-old, what does your tati do? It's a very unbelievable experiment. Have your friend go to your three-year-old, what does your tati do? One kid will say, he works all the time. Another kid will say, he sleeps all the time. Another kid will say, he davens all the time because he always sees you with your talents and tefillin. Another kid will say, he learns all the time because every time he sees you, you have a safer. Then you know you did it. Then you know you, then you know Kedoshim to you that you set an example. You will get the most unbelievable answers and whatever that child answers, it's an honest answer and that's the picture of what you are leaving in your house. If he says my tati sleeps the whole day, then that's what he's walking around thinking. Every time I see my father, he's sleeping. Shabbos table, he's sleeping. Lunch, he's sleeping. I can't learn what you know, I'm sleeping. So in his head, my father's always sleeping. The other guy's always busy on his cell phone, his cell phone, his cell phone, he's talking business. Your kid thinks he means nothing. He thinks you're all business. How many kids will say, my tati, what does he do? He's a tati. You made it. My mommy, what does she do? She's my mommy. Then you know you're giving them enough time. Do it. I'm, I'm, you'll see. You're going to get some painful answers, and some of you are going to get some unbelievable answers, and some of you are going to get some very funny answers. 
Because one tati said, one kid said, Oh, my father, he eats all day. <laughs> I didn't tell the father that he said that because he would have been in big trouble. It's just interesting about kids. So I went to this little girl. I used to, I'll tell you two stories with these kids. I went to this little girl, Penina. And she's walking in the hall. I'm like, Penina! How are you? Hi, Rabbi Wallerstein. I'm like, Penina, tell me. Who does your mother love the most in the world? Of course, I'm trying to make her happy. Gifty! I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. I'm like, no, not Gifty. Panina! No, Gifty. I'm like, oh, your mommy had a baby. Because, you know, they go through that whole thing when you have the next one. Like, my mommy doesn't love me anymore. Oh, your mommy had a baby, Gifty? No, my mommy didn't have a baby. I'm like, who's Gitty? It's a true story. Who's Gitty? Gitty? And she's not happy. Gitty's my mother's, my mommy's best friend. I'm like, your mother doesn't love her more than you. Come on, Panina. Yes, she does. How do you know? She's always talking to her on the phone. She never talks to me. That night, I called that mother and father in. So I want you to know that you have a daughter that comes to school, and her little head, she thinks that you love this, I don't know who Gitti is, but you got to change that. When she's in the house, you put that phone away. After she goes to sleep, then you talk to Gitti. Don't talk to Gitti in front of her. For a child to walk around thinking that her mother loves someone else more than her is tragic. It's tragic. We don't understand. My kid, my this, why, what? You don't give them time. I know there's a bunch of people here that wrote books and everything. And you should buy their books. I love their books. All their books you should buy. But you should burn them with the chametz. <laughs> Every single one of those books if you don't give your kid time. How to make, how to have shalom bias without time. Nobody ever, no one ever wrote such a book. How to bring up children. How to be mechanic children without giving them time. Nobody can write such a book. There is no such thing. All the books that are written is if you give them time, what kind of time you should give them. Without time, finished. Time is love. Whether it's a husband and a wife, a parent and a child, or a mechanic and a student. That's what love means. Love means I'm giving you the most precious thing that I have. And the most precious thing I have is not money. It's time. Now, let's see what a yid is. So Kosh Baruch Hu has 613 mitzvahs. And in those, there's many halachas. And I never understood. I remember my Rebbe telling me, you have to, Zechai Wallenstein, listen, in the morning when you wake up, you have to put your right shoe on first. But if it's laces, you have to tie your left shoe first. I'm like, what is this, a game? Put your right shoe on first, then your left shoe, then turn your, then tie your left shoe, and then tie your right shoe. Yeah, because tefillin, tefillin, you put on the left hand first. I'm like, Hashem cares which shoe I put on first and which one I tie first. Come on, this cannot be changing the world. This cannot be changing the world. Shotness, linen and wool together. Yes, it's a chayk, but it's not a chayk. It's brought down. That one is Cain's carbon and one is Hevel's carbon. And when you, when you put the wool together with the, with the flax, right, that's a plant. That's what Cain brought. Hashem remembers Cain and Hevel. And that's, why now, that's one of the reasons the time I'm hugging. What's going on over here? So there's something very beautiful and it's very important. We're not a religion. We're not rules. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to us, 
You are my children. Rabbi Akiva. Banim atem la Hashem. You are my children. And once HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes an announcement that we are his children, we, Klai Yisrael, are his children. The rest of the world is created but we are banim atem la Hashem. Chiba Yisera, says Rabbi Akiva, that Hashem told us that, which is another thing that we'll talk about, that you need to express your feelings for the what do you mean? My kids know I, I don't have to say I love them. They know I love them, yeah? So Rabbi, what does Rabbi Akiva say in this Mishnah? If you really love someone, then you tell them that you love them. And you tell them what you think of them. Three times in the Mishnah. Tell them like him. You tell them like him. What am I telling Hashem? That Hashem wrote it. What am I telling Hashem? That Hashem gave us the Torah. Chemda. It's not good enough. I give you a present and I don't tell you you have the present. I put it in your drawer, right? You buy your wife a ring. You put it in the drawer. You lock the drawer. You bought her a present. She has no idea you bought her the present. So it's very nice. You love her. You bought her the present. But if you didn't tell her that she has a present. And Ani, you put a million dollars in his account, but you don't tell him. He's going around collecting. What would you do for him? So the, the, the mission says, Chiba Yisera, if you really care about someone, don't keep it in your heart. Tell your kids you love them. Tell them they're a superstar. Tell them that you dive in for all those years and you dreamt to have a child. Tell them. What do you mean? My kid knows it. No, he doesn't know it. The mission says, I'm not saying any of my own Torah. Rabbi Kiva says, Chiba Yisera, Shinei Daslai. Real love, showing real love means that you told the person. Because Baruch Hu told us that we're his bunin, that we're his children. So, Kosh Baruch, if we're your children, how do we know you love us? How does a child know that a parent loves them? By giving them time. So, Kosh Baruch, who wrote 613 ways of spending time with him. When you tie your shoe, I want to be with you. When you come out of the bathroom, make an ashiyatza, I want to be with you. When you eat an apple, what come, when you speak, all the, all the, the mitzvahs and the halakhas of Lashon Hara, I want to be with you. When you listen, I want to be with you. Shemir Sinayim, everything that you do, from the second you wake up, how you go to sleep, what side you go to sleep on, how you sleep, how you wake up, washing hands, everything that a human being does, business, how you're allowed to loan money, interest, no interest, you're in a field, like everything that a person can be in, any business, anything you do in your life, is a mitzvah. And we turned to Hashem, we said, wow, you really do love us. 613 ways to spend time with you, to have a relationship with you. Rabbanan said, but we really love you, Hashem, we want another six. So we get six more mitzvahs. Not enough. We showed our Kodesh you love us, you want to spend, we're going to even go more on vacation. We're going to spend more time with you. And what's the ultimate? What's the ultimate time that Hashem shows us His love? This Shabbos. Every Shabbos. If you could just understand, I speak to my students, like my heart is like, oh, people will just understand this. Our Baruch Hu is so in love with us that He says that Six days a week, you can go to work, and when you're working, you know, when you come home, you know, you're diving, we'll be together. It's like a husband and a wife. A husband has to go to work. But Shem says, it's not enough. I'm not happy with that. One day, we're going on a 26-hour date. Just the two of us, nobody else. You can't do nothing. You're just with me. Just the two of us. Shabbos. It's not good enough for me just to be with you all week long. I need a day where it's just 
Clytrol and me and nothing else. Zero else. He can't get enough love. He can't give us enough time. He wants to give us more time. 26 hours every week. Straight. That's what Shabbos is. And our kids are, and Shabbos is so boring. And if I don't have Mishpacha and Ami, right? The Jewish press, Yated, I have to advertise for everyone, you understand? And Bina, I'm not going to leave out Bina. If I don't have enough to read, how am I going to make it through Shabbos? If I don't drink enough at every kiddush, she's so ugly that unless I'm drunk, Shabbos looks really bad. And this is why it hurts so much. And this is why Shabbos, Shemir Shabbos, the Jewish Shemir Shabbos, this is why Shabbos is so important in Klai Yisrael, and that's what the Satan is attacking more than anything else. See the kids in hotels, driving out of Williamsburg for Shabbos, other kids on their phones. Shabbos! No one ever went after Shabbos. Immorality, other things. Shabbos and our kids. He wants to punch Hashem in the head, the Satan. The day that Hashem says it's me and you, I'm giving up everything just the two of us? Not interested. Not interested. So this Shabbos, we're showing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we do want to go on a date with you. We do want to spend 26 hours just with you, learning, growing, connecting, singing, eating, making brachas. We want this. There are a lot of people that don't understand it, but we're here. Who came here for, for, for the food? You came here for chizik. Food you all have at home. It's nothing like chesidish food. It's the best. Nobody here would be home, would not have cholon kogo kishka. I don't know about grieving and pachah, because it depends where you come from, but no one's here for the food, even though the food's amazing. That's why we're here. We're here to show Kosh Baruch Hu, that we want to spend 26 hours with him, and we just want to learn about him, we just want to get closer to him, and that's what it means to be a Jew. To be a Jew, what are we telling that girl in CVS? I'll tell you what we are, that you're not. We have 613 ways to be with God, to spend time with him. You only have seven. He doesn't really spend that much time with you as much as he wants to spend time with us. And she's going to be like, oh, I want to be a Jew. I want to be like that. Well, we don't, we don't really advise you. So I got my man over here telling me the time is up. I want to give you all a bracha. And by the way, I don't know how many of you say tzeschem l'shalom. I don't know them do, them don't. I say tzeschem l'shalom. And Rav Shimshim Pinkus said that he, he, he asked the Kasha, like, how do you say Tzayslam Shalom? Imagine you had a guest in your house, right? Shalom Aleichem Chayim, it's good to see you. Boyachem Shalom, beautiful. Give me a bracha, Rukhuni. Now get out of here. Tzayslam Shalom, get out of here. So he said, he, he said, what are you going, what's going on with you? How do you do that? He said something unbelievable. This is how you have to you take this into Shabbos. He said that, it says that the Kayin Gadol had to go into the Kurdish Kedoshim and Yom Kippur alone. So they ask Akasha, of course he's alone, no other Kahanim could go in. So the Zayar says, no, when he went into the Kodesh Kedoshim, all the Malachim had to leave. It was just him, Hashem, Zivug. That's it. And therefore, nobody else was allowed to be there, even the Malachim. Says Rav Shimshim Pinkis, that Shabbos, Friday night, when the Malachim come, and Shabbos is there, we tell them, we're very sorry, we love you, 
Thank you for coming. Thank you for blessing us. But now we're starting Shabbos. Shabbos is Zivug. In Zivug, there's no room for a third person. He said the same level as Kodesh Kedosh is Yom Kippur. That's the same level as Shabbos. Even Malachim. Sorry, you can't be here. It's just us. It's the ultimate relationship. It's the ultimate spending time with each other. Das is Ayid and Das is Shabbos. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.